Good morning. We begin today's Daf Taf Tes Vav. We begin by thanking our sponsors, Salvatore sponsors for the month of Marrakesh, Vinyaki and Lisa Statman, and Yitzi and Rebecca Statman, in commemoration of the first yard site of Menucha Shainal Yehudis Bas David Yosef, as well as Shmuel and Robin Karabkun, in commemoration of the 25th yard site of Robin's mother, Melanie Salman, Alea Shalom. Pesa, Miriam, Baschayim, the Shaman should have an Aliyah, and the family should have an Achama. As well, a day of learning is sponsored by Jeff and Debbie Schwartz in commemoration of the, of the fifth yard site of Debbie's mother, Shlamit Bas Shmuel, the Shaman should have an Aliyah, and the family should have an Achama. Dafyomi today is sponsored by Lester and Lily Ward in honor of his father's yard site, Nachum Ben Kalman. Again, the Shaman should have an Aliyah, and the family should have an Achama. We're going to begin on Daf Yudal Rabbi's mission we started yesterday. Konam Shani Yasha. A person takes a, shvu, a, a neder, Konam, which is a Lashani term for a neder, and his neder is Shani Yasha. In other words, that which I sleep should be, should be a Konam, should be Asr. Shani Medaber, that which I speak should be a Konam. Shani Mahalech, that which I will go, will be a, again, again a neder, a Konam, which should be Asr. Or, Haomer Laisha, Person tells a woman, Konam Shani Misham Sheikh. Person takes a Konam, a neder, that he will not be Mishamesh with her, he will not have relations with her. This person is ultimately going to be potentially in violation of Balyachel Devaro. So yesterday I mentioned that this is different, the terminology in this mission is different than other Mishnayas, where it doesn't just say that it's Asr for him to do these things, it says, that he is potentially in violation of Bayachel. The reason we're, we're going to see that is because the Gemara is now going to present to us a very interesting scenario. We're going to spend the entire daf, almost the entire daf, analyzing this case. So let's try to get this straight before we start. It's like this, it makes sense. The Gemara is going to present an interesting nether, where you have the Isser, the prohibition that will result as a result of the nether, but included in that prohibition, there is a tenai. So a person makes a neder, but the neder is only going to come to fruition if he does something else. Now, the tenai is not something which is out of his hands. In other words, I just say the tenai is something which is dependent on what he will do. So, the Gemara is going to give an example, but just <coughs> to illustrate this, imagine a person were to say, that he's making a nether, that he will not have a cup of coffee if he has a cup of coffee tomorrow. So I won't drink coffee today if I drink coffee tomorrow. Now it's a little bit backwards because the nether is effective today, but the tanai is tomorrow. That's essentially what's happening here in the Gemara. And we're going to be analyzing which one are we more concerned about and we're going to see how that makes a difference in the Gemara. So let's start. Itmar. Konam eni Vishina hayom. So now this is very important that the, the terminology that's used over here is konam eni, my eyes. Because, as we mentioned previously, is that working? Not on? Okay. We mentioned previously that a person cannot use a nether, 
person cannot take a neder for something which is aimbo mamish. A neder is only going to be able to be effective on something which is tangible. Sleep is not something which is tangible. And we'll give a few examples of how this is relevant, but just to illustrate. When a person sleeps in the sukkah, there's always an interesting question about sleeping in the sukkah. How can it be that a person is fulfilling a mitzvah of sleeping in the sukkah if somebody who is sleeping is patram in a mitzvah because they're sleeping? So it's kind of like a catch-22. In as much as I am sleeping, and I'm not in control of what I'm doing because I'm sleeping, so how am I a kind of mitzvah by sleeping? Similarly, there's a, there's a bracha of hamapil. Make a bracha of hamapil on going to sleep. Now, how can it be that the mitzvah, or the, the, the bracha of hamapil goes on something which is a lack of doing anything? It's a lack of being up. So again, in all these cases, the Bi'ar Lacha writes this in Simon Reish Lamites, where he explains that it's not on the sleeping, it's the going to sleep. How does a person go to sleep? By closing their eyes. The reason why I'm mentioning this is because if we want to get really scientific, closing the eyes is just one aspect of sleeping. Body going to sleep is not... The fact that someone's eyes are closed doesn't mean they're sleeping. And the fact that someone's sleeping doesn't even necessarily mean that their eyes are closed. But we're using the terminology of konim eni, my eyes, because that's the action that the person takes to go to sleep. In other words, it's not the sleeping. It's what the person does to go to sleep. So much so that there was an interesting Shiloh once where three people teamed up to buy to build a sukkah together. This is something which is not so common where we live, where people were, will team up unless you live in an apartment building. Or, you know, when... I was in Eretz Yisrael, living in an apartment building. We had a bunch of people, and we made one sukkah, so we all chipped in. Together, we were all partners in a sukkah. Well, either way, a few people got together and chipped in to build a communal sukkah. And these were a bunch of Bachram who were going to be sleeping in the sukkah on sukkahs. And the first night of sukkahs comes, everyone goes to, take, to go sleep in the sukkah. And lo and behold, one of the shareholders in this sukkah was quite the snorer. So now everyone else in the sukkah is like looking at each other in the middle of the night saying, what are we going to do? We can't sleep here with this guy. He's, he's making a racket. And you know, you try to do all the things, you shake the guy, nothing was working. So the next day, they wanted to go to him and say, hey, listen, we're three or four people. You're one guy. We all want to be kind of the midst of sleeping in the sukkah. So we're going to politely ask you to please go inside. It's like this, we can do the mitzvah. His response was, we all have a mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah. Once I start snoring, you guys are mitzvah. You guys simply can't sleep in the sukkah. It's too painful. So I still have the mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah. You guys go inside, and I'll be mekai the mitzvah, your pater. They responded to him, once you go to sleep, we'll pick you up, and we'll carry you inside. Because once you're already sleeping, you're sleeping. You're pater from, uh, from the mitzvah. Either way, this reminds me of another joke. <laughs> uh, this guy, this bachar goes to sleep in the sukkah, and uh, his father comes to wake him up in the morning for, for shachras. He says, listen, Yanko, get out of bed. You've got to go to shachras. Kid responds to his father and says, hey, listen, 
Davening tefillah b'tzibor, midrabanan, sleeping in the sukkah, midoraisa. So the father gives him a patch and says, "Now you mitzdar, get out of the sukkah and go, <laughs> go daven." Either way, the reason why I'm mentioning all this is because we're seeing the concept of sleeping is davar shebo mamish. It's not tangible. Not only that, sleeping is when a person is in a passive state of sleeping. But when it comes to a neder, it's always talking about the action of going to sleep. It's the going to sleep, which is relevant to the eyes, closing your eyes and, and allowing yourself to fall into a sleep, into a state of, of sleep. So now when it comes to a, to a neder, itmar, konam eini b'shina, b'shina hayom, im ishonamachar. So a person forbids his eyes from going to sleep today, im ishonamachar. So the iser, of the neder is the sleeping today, the t'nai, which will make that iser take effect, the condition that he is giving to this neder is going to be tomorrow. Amar of Yehuda, Amar Rav, Yehuda Amar Rav says, Al yishan ayom, he cannot sleep today, Shema yishan lamacha, he can't take a nap today because if he sleeps tomorrow, then retroactively he wasn't allowed to sleep today, so therefore, don't even sleep today. Now, the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yehuda Marab is concerned that when it comes to an Isser, a person can be very careful about an Isser. He took a Nedar, he's not going to go to sleep. So he won't go to sleep. He'll have to sit there and poke himself, make sure he doesn't fall asleep. But when it comes to just something which is simply a Tanai, which retroactively would either deem your sleep of yesterday an Isser, or not, People are not as careful. In other words, if you tell someone that something is usher because it's a neder, so then the person says, listen, it's usher, I won't go to sleep, I'll stay up all night. But if a person already slept during the isser time, and the only reason why he's not sleeping now is because he doesn't want to retroactively make the sleep of yesterday forbidden, it's much more, much more difficult to be careful about that. That's why Amarav says, don't sleep today, because if you sleep today, then tomorrow, if you sleep, the sleep of today is going to be awesome. Okay, make sense? That's Behuda Marav's opinion. And interestingly, I just looked around a little bit, but if you see in the back of the Gemara, they have the Muk Yosef there and the Ritva, they explain the reason why he's so concerned in this case is because sleep is something which naturally happens to a person. A person, is natural, a person naturally goes to sleep every day. And therefore, it's very hard for a person to be able to fight it off. So if there's an isser involved in it, if it's forbidden for a person to go to sleep, so a person does whatever he has to do to keep himself up. But if it's just for the sake of not enacting the condition which retroactively takes effect on the nether of yesterday, it's much more difficult for a person to fight the natural uh, the natural inclination for a person to fall asleep and to get tired. If Nachman Amar, if Nachman disagrees, he says, Yishan Ayom, the person can go to sleep today. Shinan, Shema Yishan we have nothing to worry about that, he, that, he'll, sleep, that he'll sleep tomorrow, because if he slept today, he already made it tonight, he, made a, he, he put this condition into place, and if he sleeps today, he won't sleep tomorrow, so tomorrow, be careful not to go to sleep. Gemara says, Umoder Yehuda, Yehuda agrees, Omer Konim Eini Bishina Lomachar, that if a person says that my sleep tomorrow is forbidden, 
Im Ishan Hayom, if I sleep today, Sheyishan Hayom. That he's allowed to sleep today. Why? As the Gemara continues in the top of Tesvav, Amen Aleph, Kilo Mizdair, when will a person not be able to be careful? That is, Bitna, when the only thing that is forbidden is to enact the Tnai, to enact the condition. Aval Bi'isuro Mizdair, when something is actually Asr, because of an Eder, a person can be careful. In other words, just simply said, there's no Isr for a person to take a, 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 a nether that they won't go to sleep. A person can take a nether that they won't close their eyes and go to sleep. Again, the terminology will have to be that I'm going to forbid myself from closing my eyes to go to sleep. And we don't say, hey, listen, it's too difficult to stay up, so therefore the nether doesn't work. We're going to see that there are cases when that will be relevant. But generally speaking, a person forbids himself from, from sleeping for one night. That is permissible. It's a, it's a valid, valid nether. Why? Because it's possible. And the person enacted an isra upon himself, and he'll, be have to, he'll have to keep himself up throughout the night. But when the reason why he can't sleep is because he's simply like, activating a tnai, that's something where a person has much more difficult time fighting the natural inclination, inclination to go to sleep because it's just a tnai that he's working with. Now the Gemara is going to go through a very long-handed um, proof against Rabbi Huda. So you have to hold your head together a little bit for, for this. It's not very difficult. We'll just have, just have to hold on to the various steps of the Gemara to be able to understand what the Gemara is doing with all this. Gemara is going to use a number of attempts to try to disprove the halacha of Rabbi Huda that a person will have a difficult time fulfilling it tonight and therefore has to already be careful with the Yisr. In other words, the premise of Rabbi Huda's opinion is if you make a condition in the future which will retroactively activate an Isser today, says Rabbi Yehuda, you'll already have to act with the Isser today because we're concerned that the Tanai will take effect when it does take effect. The Gemara is going to try to prove from our Mishnah that the Mishnah says differently than Rabbi Yehuda. And then, here the Gemara begins. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah. Konam sha'ani yashan sha'ani mahalech sha'ani medaver. Our Mishnah, a person takes a nether about whether that they will sleep, whether they will walk someplace, or whether they will speak. The Gemara says, Hey, dummy, what exactly is the case of our Mishnah? If you're simply saying that it was an open nether, like it says in the Mishnah, which is, Sha'ani Yashan, a person takes a shvua, sorry, a person makes a nether, that they're not going to sleep. In other words, a person just says, I am, as, as the words say, I am making a nether, a person says, that he will not go to sleep. The Gemara says, Mihavi Nidra, is something like that even a valid nether? But Nan, we learned in the Mishnah, and we've mentioned this previously, Chomer B'Shvuas, Shashvua Chalos, Dovashay Yishbo Mamesh. Val Dovashay Bo Mamesh, Mashayenke Minadarim. Simply said, a person cannot make a nether that they're not going to go to sleep. A shvua is something which a person can make. He, he won't go to sleep because even though sleep is darvish ein mamish, it's not tangible. The mechanics of a shvua, an oath, will work to forbid him from going to sleep. But a neder doesn't work that way. A neder cannot work to forbid a person from sleeping. So therefore, the Gemara says it can't be that the case of the Mishnah was that a person took a neder not to sleep. Because a nether like that doesn't work. A nether has to have something physical and tangible to attach itself to. Like a loaf of bread or a, or a piece of meat. 
But just sleep is not something which the nether can take effect on. And the Gemara explains, So therefore it can't be that our Mishnah is talking about that case. Allah, rather it must be that our Mishnah when it says, Konim Sha'ani Yashan, to Omar, Konim, sorry, Eni Vishina. A person specifies that he is forbidding his eyes from going to sleep. So now, again, it's an open nether a person took that he is not going, that he's not going to close his eyes. He's not going to go to sleep. The the low yahid shiura, if he never specified at a specific a specific time frame for the sleep, Are we going to allow this nether to take effect? That a person will never close his eyes and go to sleep until he ultimately, eventually, inevitably is going to violate the Isra Vayachel because the person takes a shvua that he won't sleep for three days. What's the halacha? Malkanosa. Immediately you give him malkus. Why? Because the shvua is obviously a false shvua. A person cannot stay for three days straight. It's impossible. And therefore, if a person makes a shvua, he takes an oath that he will not sleep for three days. What that means is that he immediately made a false shvua. And Vishnu Alta let him go to sleep. In other words, his problem in that case, where he takes a shvua that he won't sleep for three days, is that the shvua is just immediately not a, not a, not a shvua that he can keep. So he made a shvua shav at that point in time. The shvua can't take effect. He, te- he gets Malchus for making a shvua that he shouldn't have made. But of course, it doesn't have any effect on him because a person cannot make a shvua that he won't sleep for three days. So now, if that's the case, our Mishnah can't either be an open nether. Whether a person adds in the addition that I won't close my eyes, or a person says, I'll take a shvua that I won't sleep, in any case, a person cannot make a shvua that he's not going to sleep for an unspecified amount of time because people need to sleep. So the shvua or the nether can't work. So therefore, our Mishnah can't be talking about where a person just made an indefinite uh, nether that he's not going to sleep ever. Ella, so says the Gemara, to Omar Konim Eini Bishina, a person says, I'm forbidding my eyes from going to sleep, Limachar, tomorrow, Im Ishan Hayom, if I'm going to sleep today. So basically a person says, if I sleep today, he makes a nether that he won't sleep tomorrow. So now, Ha'amrat, so why is it that our Mishnah says that he, that he, he violates Balyachel? Our Mishnah says a person who takes a shvua like this violates Balyachel. Why is he violating Balyachel? In other words, this is what we addressed at the beginning of this year. The Mishnah doesn't say it's awesome for him to sleep. The Mishnah says a person who does this violates Balyachel. Why is it that if a person says, if I sleep today, then I take another, and they won't sleep tomorrow. Why is it that if a person says that, that he's violated by Yachel, just don't go to sleep tomorrow. What's wrong with the nether? It's a perfect nether, and just don't go to sleep tomorrow. So why does the Mishnah say by Yachel? The terminology of the Mishnah sounds like there is an automatic by when a person makes this nether. El Apshita, Sigmar says it must be that the case of our Mishnah is, to Omar Konim Eni Bishina Yom, a person said that he will, he takes a, a neder that he will not close his eyes. He will, he will not close his eyes to go to sleep today, but only if Ishan Lamachar. Only if he will go to sleep, or I will go to sleep, and Ishan, I will go to sleep, Lamachar tomorrow. 
So he makes his sleeping today contingent on the sleeping tomorrow. The person says he forbids upon himself sleeping today if he sleeps tomorrow. Now, ve'ilo nayim ayom ki nayim lomachar my bayachad varika. Again, there's a problem over here. The Mishnah just states unequivocally that a person who makes such a tenai violates bayachad. Now, says the Gemara, what, what is the problem with this neder? person just said, I, if I, the neder is that if I sleep tomorrow, I won't sleep today. So the person doesn't sleep today. If I don't fall asleep today, what's the problem? He didn't sleep during the period of Isser, during the period when it was prohibited. So my Gemara says, Elalavs, who were stuck saying, it's talking about a case where the person went to sleep. And that's why there's a problem of Bayachel. In other words, the Gemara goes through this whole detour over here to come to the ultimate conclusion that the case in the Mishnah must be that the person made a sleeping today contingent on whether he'll sleep tomorrow. And the Mishnah says he is in violation of Bayachel tomorrow. Therefore, it must be that he went to sleep on day one. If he went to sleep on day one, clearly the mission is allowing him to go to sleep on day one, which is not like the opinion of Rabbi Huda. So a long-handed way of ultimately coming to the conclusion that Rabbi Huda is wrong because Rabbi Huda says you can't sleep on day one, but our Mishnah says he did sleep on day one. If he did sleep on day one, he'll be in violation of Bayachal Devaro if he sleeps on day two. And therefore... Clearly, our Mishnah seems to indicate he was allowed to sleep on day one. That's the Gemara's question. Alma, Isa, Denayim. It must be that our Mishnah holds he was allowed to go to sleep on day one. But you have to draw Yehuda. This is a question of Yehuda. Gemara says, hold on a second. Kikatani, De'inayim. Mishnah doesn't say that he's allowed to go to sleep on day one. Mishnah simply means to say if he ultimately sleeps on day one. Not that he's allowed to sleep on day one, but if he does sleep on day one and he sleeps on day two, then it comes out that he was in violation of Bayakha. In other words, it's not saying that, he's per- that it's permissible to sleep on day one. It's very likely that our mission is of the opinion he's not allowed to sleep on day one, which is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. But he did sleep on day one. Now he has to make sure he doesn't sleep on day two. If he does sleep on day two, now he's in trouble because day one was also for him to sleep on. But the mission doesn't say he's allowed to. The mission is just saying if he does sleep on day one. Okay. Ravina Omar. Ravina says, Ravina says, all of this, you, your conclusion that the Mishnah must have been talking about a case where he made his sleep today contingent on the sleeping tomorrow, there's no reason to do that, says Ravina. What does Kedekatani mean? It goes back to the third line on the on, on Gemara, which is that the Mishnah simply means a person takes a Shvua Sha'ani Yashan, a Shvua that he won't sleep. Umay Bayachel. So Gemara's question on that was, what, where's the Bayachel? Sleep is the Dabr Shembo Mamish. Sleep is not tangible. A person cannot make a neder that he won't sleep. It's just not one of the things that a person can make a neder about. Gemara says, My Bayachel, my Bayachel Drabanan. It's a Bayachel Midrabanan. So Gemara says, Umi Ika Bayachel Midrabanan. Gemara seems to be asking, Bayachel is a Pasuk in the Torah. So if it's Bayachel, it's Midoraisa. If it's Midrabanan, it's not Bayachel. So the Gemara is asking, is there something called Bayachel Midrabanan? The Gemara says, in. 
Actually, yes, there is something called Bayach Midrash Banan, and the Gemara ultimately proves it from a Brisa. Vatanya, we learned in a Brisa, Dvarim Hamutarim, things which are absolutely permissible. Vacher Nagu Bahen Iser, others knowingly, they knew that it was Mutter, and nevertheless, they went ahead and they were Nohei, <coughs> they started a practice of forbidding themselves from it. You can't be matter that in front of them. You should not be, should not make cool. In other words, don't make light of people's minhagim or things that they accept upon themselves. So just an example. There are things that are technically mutter. One of the examples that's given for this is eating meat from Rosh Chodesh Av until until Tishabov for Ashkenazi. So this is something which. There's no Isser, Midoraisa, to do this. But, and it's already become a Minog in Klai Yisrael for so many years amongst Ashkenazim, not to do it. To apply this to another case, which would be, this is actually the Simen Reishu Dalad, I think, Reishu Dalad in Yordea, where, this, where it talks about this, just a practical example. If a person decides he's not going to eat meat, he becomes a vegetarian or a vegan. Now, the person knows good, good and well that Minatara is permissible to, to eat meat. There's no Islam in the Torah to eat meat. A person makes a decision that despite the fact that it's mutter, in the Torah to eat meat, they make a choice that they don't want to eat meat anymore. So now, a person has to be careful with these kinds of things because it can very well turn into a nether. If a person ultimately forbids himself from eating meat, let's say a person does it from a very virtuous place. Why? Maybe they went on a tour of a slaughterhouse, they said, I'm so horrified by what I've seen over there, and you know what? Perhaps it's permissible to eat meat, but I don't like the way they treat animals. I don't like the way they raise these animals. I think the whole industry is an industry that I want to stay away from. When a person goes ahead and, and accepts upon themselves never to eat meat again. Now, this is a case of Dvarma Mutarim. It's permissible to eat meat. But a person went ahead and accepted upon themselves never to eat it again. So the Mishnah says, the Gemara says clearly, this is the Halacha, there's an Isser of Balyachil Midrabanan to go ahead and be mocked that person to eat it. So just to, to flippantly say, eh, it's permissible to eat meat. Here's a steak, why don't you sit down and eat with me? So a person cannot do that. And a per, if a person does accept upon themselves to be a vegetarian, then the person has to be careful of being mocked or before they're going to go ahead and eat meat again. Again, it's going to be relevant to every person exactly how they did it, how they, how, how they accepted it upon themselves. But this is a practical example of something which is unequivocally mutter. It's mutter in Torah to eat meat. As a matter of fact, it may, even, it may even be a mitzvah in certain cases for a person to eat meat. However, if a person decides that they, they don't want to eat meat again, a person has to be very careful about how they make that, how they accept upon themselves that isser. And a person should not go ahead and just be be mechal the idea in front of them because again it became an issue for that person. All right, but ultimately that's how he understands the, the that's how he understands the Mishnah. That even though a neder cannot attach itself to a darvish shembo mamash like sleep, we do have an idea of a neder midrabanan. Interestingly, if you look in the Tosfos which is all the way in the margin of the Gemara, the Tosfos, he says, In other words, he, Tosfos doesn't like the idea that we're just making like a, a, a universal, a din neder midrabanan. 
Just because you found one case, case which is a Nedim Midrabanon, doesn't mean that now anything you want to fit into a Nedim Midrabanon is going to exist. But he answers, He says, this too is where a person, he made a Nedim and he had in mind to forbid himself from something which is an Ebo Mamish. In other words, you can have a Noag Bo Iser. A person could be Noag Iser with something which is Ebo Mamish as well. Maybe he says he won't smell something. Right? A person can say it's perfectly, perfectly permissible to smell something. But you know what? A person makes it, uh, takes upon himself a... Uh, they accept never to smell that thing again. So a person can do that. So if Balyach and Midrabanan could apply there, it could apply in any case where a person accepts upon himself any type of nether. Tanan. So here we have we have another Mishnah which we're go, going to try to use to disprove the opinion of Rabbi Huda that a person has to be careful in advance of the potential Isra that will come, contingent which is tied to the action of a later date. Person tells his wife, Sha'atnenesli Ada Pesach. So let's just get the time the timeline straight over here. They're talking, this is a couple who's standing in the middle of the winter. Let's call it Rosh Kodesh Adar. The man says to his wife, Rebetzin, Shat Nenesli Ada Pesach. You cannot have any Hanah from me until Pesach. What's the Tanai? Im Telchi Lebeis Avich Adachag. If you go to your father's house up until Sukkot. So it's the winter, it's before Pesach. A person says to his wife, you cannot have any Hanah from me until Pesach, which comes first, if you'll go to your father's house anytime between now and Sukkot, which will be after the summer. So again, the action of Hanah, the Isra, the prohibition of the Hanah benefit is between now and the upcoming holiday of, of Pesach. The Tnai, the contingent action is all the way until Sukkot, which is after the summer. Now the halacha is, she went to her father's house before Pesach. She cannot have any hana from her husband until Pesach. If she went before Pesach, it's Asur. What do we see? She went, right? So we see that she is, again, it, it shows that she was allowed to go to her father's house. In other words, again, it's only if she went to her father's house that the Hana becomes Asr. We're not prohibiting her from having Hana. So Amrababa, If she goes before Pesach, it's Asr, and there is Malchus. Exactly who the Malchus goes on. I don't want to get into this whole discussion right now, but it's, it, there's a Machlokis if the Malchus is on her or if the Malchus is on on her husband. If you want to look at, at it, the Ron discussed it in the bottom. He, he quotes two opinions. He quotes the first. He says Kolomer Loka. He she gets Malchus. Then the Rambam says he gets Malchus, but ultimately the Ron disagrees that it can't be that it's talking about where she gets Malchus. But I don't want to get into it. The bottom line is that it becomes into a real violation of the Neder if she goes Lo El She does not go Asur Alma. It's just an Isur Alma without being an Isur, an isur which, that comes with Malchus. So now Amos Seif, let's read the end. After Pesach, 
It's clearly a violation of Ayachel Dvaro. This is the point. If she did not have any Hanav before Pesach, is there going to be Vayachel Hani? Clearly, we allowed her to benefit from to benefit from her husband in this period of time, which we're not sure if it's going to become us or not. Amamasani, we see she's allowed to. Again, this is the same concept. Time frame A, from the middle of the winter until Pesach, is where it's up in the air whether that's going to be forbidden for her to have Hana from her husband. Why? Because it depends what she does between now and Sukkot, which goes much further throughout the summer. Now, clearly, we're allowing her to have Hana, because we're talking about her getting Malchus for having Hana. So we, clearly we see, not like Rabbi Yehuda, turn the page, but to Yufta, to Rabbi Yehuda, it seems to be, it's Yufta to Rabbi Yehuda, because according to Rabbi Yehuda, it would be forbidden for her to have Hana, lest she ultimately go to her father's house. Clearly our, that Mishnah understands that she was allowed to go to her father's house. And, oh, sorry, that she was allowed to have Hana from her husband, and if she ultimately goes to her father's house, then it will be Bayachel. But clearly we allow her to go to the father's house in the first place. Gemara says, what, why is that a raya? Kikatani, de'iyatani. That whole, that whole Gemara is not saying that she's allowed to have Hana, but if she had Hana, if she benefited from her husband, and then she went to her father's house, then we have a clear violation of Balyacha. De'iyatani, I raise Balyacha devaro. Okay, Gemara goes on to another case, a similar case. Tana, you have a Mishnah, Sha'atnenesli, person tells his wife, that she cannot benefit from him, Adachag, all the way up until Sukkot. See here he says, a much longer period of time, you can't benefit from me until Sukkot, but the prohibition of going to her father's house, pretty controlling husband over here. See, but in this case, he's, he extends the period of, for, of prohibition of benefit from the winter all the way until Sukkot, but the prohibition to go to her father's house is only up until Pesach. So halchal if Pesach, if she went to her father's house before Pesach, if she goes, then it's Asrabana until Sukkis. She's allowed to go after Pesach because that was not included in the expression of his nether. But again, halcha Asura, if she went, then it becomes Asur. Lo halcha lo. She doesn't go and does not become Asur. So again, again we see this, this idea over here, that we don't stop her from having that Hanak. <coughs> the same thing is true even if she doesn't go. Again, it sounds like from the Gemara, the only time there's a prohibition of benefiting from her husband is if she went. Rabbi Huda would have said it's also for to benefit from her husband immediately because she might go. Alright, so the Gemara says, Marava, who had in the filo lohacha asura, even if she does not go, it's asura, just like Rehuda, because she might go. However, hacha asura veloka, if she goes, then it's a real violation of Ayacha, and there's Malchus, there's going to be lashes. Lohacha, if she does not go, asura ba'ama, it's just an isra without Malchus. Again, so we don't have a right. Meisvei, Gemara tries one more attempt. Kikar zu, a lie. Person forbids himself from eating a loaf of bread today if he goes to a certain place tomorrow. Now, if he ate it, so then he's in violation of Balyelech, he can't go there tomorrow. But clearly, we give him the choice. In other words, a person says, I will not eat 
this loaf of bread today if I go to the gym tomorrow. Okay, so now, what's the Allah? If he eats a loaf of bread, he can't go to the gym tomorrow. But clearly, we're allowing him to eat a loaf of bread today. So again, that seems to be uh, uh, in contrast to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Gemara says again, Mikatani ochel. Are we are we saying that he should that he should eat it? It says katani if he happened to have eaten it. So again, if he happened to have eaten it, he has to be very careful not to go to the gym tomorrow because he said, if I eat this today, sorry, I will not. I will forbid, my, forbid myself from eating this today if I go to the gym tomorrow. So now that he ate it, he has to be careful not to go to the gym tomorrow. And it's an achal katani, which means the chi achal. If he eats it or raises balyelech, then he has to make sure he doesn't go. He doesn't go to that place tomorrow. Halach, harazev balyachal. If he does go, indeed, he has violated balyachal devaro. Harazev balyachal devaro because he ate the loaf of bread and he went to the, the to the specified place, and that's a problem. But again, mahalach lo doesn't say that he that he doesn't say mahalich that he can go. It's a kasher tribi But again, let's just go through this slowly. If he eats it, he can't go. Again, it's talking about if he did eat it. Now, halach, the second half says if he goes, right? Yehuda would say, again, it doesn't say mahalich. It says halach. It could say Mahalech. Neither Tani Reisha Ochal Lo Misni Lo Tani In other words, we just wanted the grammar to flow throughout the whole thing. Ultimately, the Gemara comes out trying to prove all these cases that it would be permissible for a person to engage in the questionable activity today, even if that would make him prohibited from fulfilling the tonight tomorrow. The Gemara never was able to prove Rabbi Huda was wrong, although the Gemara spent a lot of time trying to disprove it. Which is a very interesting klal in halacha. If you look in the Ran, Ul'inian halacha, it's about halfway through the middle-sized section, maybe a little bit more than halfway. It says, Ul'inian halacha, Kaimalank Rabbi Huda, Behold like Rabbi Huda, which is that a person ultimately has to refrain from the action today, lest he mistakenly activate the tonight tomorrow. And he says, Says the Ran, if we're spending so much time trying to disprove Rabbi Huda, we're spending so much time analyzing Rabbi Huda and trying to find text to, to ultimately disprove Rabbi Yehuda, obviously that was actually the halacha. That's where we spent so much time on it. So it's an interesting cloud in the Gemara. Sometimes even when the Gemara doesn't clearly and expressly say that we pass in like one opinion, or doesn't bring a clear riot to, to Rabbi Yehuda, the fact that we spent so much time being shakil vatari, going back and forth on it, that is a proof that indeed that is the halacha. So that's how the Ram Paskins. The Mishnah said, Ha'omer Isha, person says to his wife, Konim shanim sham sheikh, A person takes a neder that he will not have relations with her, hareza be devaro, a person is in violation of Bayachel devaro. So the Gemara has just a simple problem over here. When a person got married to his wife, he made certain commitments to her. And just the fact that he wakes up one day and says, 
that he does not want to fulfill that commitment doesn't work. So you can't just make a neder not go, that a person will not have any relations with his wife. He is meshubah to her. He owes it to her. So how does that work? The siv, for it says in the Pasuk, She'era kesusa v'aynasa lo yigra. Pasuk ultimately clearly states that a person has a chiv ona, he has a chiv, an obligation to have relations with his wife, and therefore, a person can't just take a neder not to do it. So Gemara says that he found an interesting loophole in how to word this, where, where the neder will take effect. But Omer, where a person says, Hanaas tashmisheh alai, a person forbids himself from having the hana, which is part and parcel of the action, he forbids himself from having hana from the tashmish. In other words, he forbids himself from having enjoyment from the relation. Domer of Kana, from Kana said, Tashmishi alayich kofanasa osa misham shasa. He's talking about the other way around, where she says that she is taking a neder not to have relations with him, we force her because ultimately she has no ability, she has no right. She's meshubed, dishibude meshabedasle. She ultimately is, just like he's meshubed to her, she's meshubed to him. They're, they're both committed to each other for relations. So therefore she cannot take a neder that she's not going to have relations with her husband. However, if she says, hanas tashmishcha alai, asr, and she says, I forbid myself from having any benefit, having any pleasure from the relation, the halacha is, then the relations become asr. You're not to feed someone something which is asr to them. So the same thing is true. He can find a way to articulate the neder in a way where he's not expressly saying that he is forbidding himself from having relations, but he's forbidding himself from having enjoyment from the relations. Now, we can't forget the previous Masechta that we learned, which talks about what happens if a person ultimately forbids Tashmish in the family. Maybe the nether works, but maybe the marriage doesn't work. But again, we're talking right now whether the nether takes effect. We're not saying that a person is allowed to do this, or that he can stay married, or that he ultimately will not have to give her a ksuba. That's parikamadir. We'll talk, that, that was talked about in the previous Masechta. We're just talking about effectively, does the nether, does, the, does, the, does this promise... Does this oath take effect? And the answer is, yes, it does, because he ultimately is just banning himself from the pleasure. And since it's, it's part and parcel with the relations, therefore he cannot get out of it. It's interesting, the Ran actually just asks an interesting, interesting question. We're talking about a relation between the husband and wife. We're talking about a mitzvah of onas. Pasuk just told us it's a mitzvah. It could sometimes be a mitzvah peri verivya. And other times it's simply a mitzvah of ona, which is, which is a mitzvah. Now, a per, a mitzvah, mitzvahs lavli hanos mitnu. Mitzvahs, even though many mitzvahs come along with a tremendous amount of enjoyment when a person fulfills that mitzvah. However, the mitzvah is not for hana. So therefore he asks, this is four lines from the bottom, v'mitomar, v'chi amar hanas tashmisheh, amai mitzvah, but mitzvahs lavli hanos mitnu. Mitzvahs are not given for us to ultimately enjoy them. Perhaps you can enjoy them as a byproduct, but it's not, about, it's not about the joy. So when a person forbids himself from the mitzvah, how does that take effect? Yeshlomar says the Ran, When we say that a mitzvah is not ultimately given for the pleasure that a person derives from it, Fulfilling the mitzvah is not considered to be a tangible benefit. Nevertheless, 
you cannot deny the reality that people have enjoyment. They enjoy fulfilling mitzvahs. And therefore, we can't divorce ourselves from the reality that when a person ultimately engages in an action which is a mitzvah, and they enjoy it, <coughs> there, is a, there is an enjoyment over there. So if a person forbid himself, forbade himself from this particular action, from the hana of this action, so then he's stuck not being able to fulfill that mitzvah. We'll stop here. Have a wonderful day.